The Rebbe arrives at the train station with heavy guard of the secret police as well as the regular police. At the train station, the Rebbe wasn't scared of the authorities and he started speaking to the crowd that were there. And he said a mimer. Which means that Hashem should be with us just like he was with our forefathers and he's not going to forsake us and abandon us when we are in Golos. The Rebbe explained that this is not just a tefillah that we're asking Hashem that Hashem should be with us. The Fidik Rebbe explained that it means that it's a promise as well, that Hashem is promising us that He will be with us, even in the toughest of times when we are in Gullus. All the Goyim should realize that the fact that we went into Gullus was not by our own will. We didn't choose to do that. And the fact that we are going to be going out of Gullus is not either in our own zechus, in our own merit. It's Hashem who loves us, it's Hashem that put, put us into Galus, and Hashem is the one that will take us out of Galus by sending Mashiach. And it's only our bodies that went into Galus, but our Neshamais stay out of Galus. And we must make it clear to everybody that when it comes to Yiddishkeit and Torah and Mitzvahs, and even the Menhagim, no one could tell us what to believe and no one could force us to go against our beliefs. It's well known that the law of the country allows us to learn and even teach Torah and to do mitzvahs. It's only because of the Muslim, the informers who made false accusations, which causes that from Yidin should be put into jail and to be sent to labor camps. The actions of these Rishayim should be totally nullified. It should be bottled and vanish into the thin air. And this is what we dive into Hashem. Al yazvenu va'al yichenu. Don't abandon us. Don't leave us. Instead, give us the koyach that we should be able to face the physical suffering. In fact, the more that they try to hurt us, the more we're going to put in the effort to continue strengthening our Yiddishkeit. Remember, says the Friedrich Rebbe, their punishments are only in this physical, gashmistika world, which means that it's temporary. But Torah and mitzvahs and the Yidin are forever and ever. May Hashem be with us just like He was im avayseinu, with our forefathers, and there should be good for all of Yidin, beruchnis as well as begashmias. This is what the Friedrich Rebbe said to the Hasidim at the train station in front of the officers on the way to Galos. And these are the exact same words that caused that he should be arrested in the first place because of him encouraging people to do Torah mitzvahs. But he wasn't scared. The Friedrich Rebbe traveled non-stop for almost 24 hours. He left Sunday night and he got at Kastrama late on Monday night. The Chassid Reb Mechol Dvarkin went to Kastrama on Thursday ahead of time in order to arrange a place for the Rebbe to stay. And while he was there, he fixed the mikvah as well as opened up a new cheder.
The Rebbe received commands that as soon as he arrives at Kastrema, he must immediately go to the police station and report that he arrived. But the Rebbe did not follow the instructions and instead he went straight to the house that was arranged for him at the local Shaykhet. On Tuesday, hey Tammuz, the Rebbe went to the local Cheka, the secret police. The Rebbe was treated very unpleasantly. They said in an angry tone, You are an exiled prisoner. You're receiving your punishment for the criminal activities that you did against the good of the country of Russia. Not only are you not allowed to leave the city without permission, even if you move the place where you live from one place to another home within the city, you also must report and let us know beforehand and get our permission. We are watching every move that you do, whether in public or in private. And you must come every Tuesday to the police station to report and let us know that you're here. The Hasidim that were part of the rescue committee continued doing whatever they could to help the Friedrich Rebbe become free. They did this although they received advice that they should try to hold things down for a second and wait a while before trying to have the Friedrich Rebbe be freed. The reason for this is that it was unheard of for someone to be arrested and go to exile and then be freed immediately. And if the Friedrich Rebbe would be freed immediately, then anti-Semitism would grow because everybody would say, hey, look, here we have a Jewish leader and he's being freed immediately. And other religious people from other religions or regular people, they're going to exile and they're staying there for a long time. That's not fair. And then things would brew up and people would be even more angry against Frum Yedin and it could cause trouble. And also, even if Moscow, the government in Moscow, would give orders that the Friedrich Rebbe should be freed, it could be they would re-arrest the Rebbe again. So they were advised to put things on a hold, but they didn't. Mrs. Peshkova continued doing everything that was in her hands in order to be able to help the Rebbe and Baruch Hashem, finally, it turned out to be successful. According to the rules of the exile, the Friedrich Rebbe was supposed to check in at the local office of the KGB every Tuesday. The following Tuesday, on Yudbeis Tammuz, which happened to be his 47th birthday, the Rebbe went, together with the Chassid, Reb Elechaim Altois, to the KGB office. Because it was a local holiday, the station was empty and quiet. Surprisingly, the Rebbe was greeted warmly by the chief KGB officer of that local area. The chief informed the Rebbe that he had just received orders to release the Rebbe from Golos. However, since it was a legal holiday, the paperwork would have to be done on the following day, on Yud Gimel Tamas. When the Friedrich Rebbe came back home in Kastrema, 
the house where he was staying at in Gullus, after leaving the station, he was greeted by his daughter, Rebetzin Chaimushka, and the Chassid, Reb Mechold Varkin, who set up the house and made arrangements for the Friedrich Rebbe before he got there. When Mechold Varkin saw the Friedrich Rebbe, he started singing, Nyet, Nyet, Nikava, with a lot of chayas. And the words of that nigan means that there is nothing besides for Hashem. Then the Rebbe said a mimer, Hashem libe oizrei v'ani erevisoynoi, that Hashem is with me and my helpers, and I will see the downfall of my enemies. On the following day, after he received the official papers that he was finally released, the Rebbe said another mimer, Baruch HaGoymel Chayavim Tevei Shegmalani Toiv, which is a bracha which is said by someone that experienced certain types of miracles and being released from prison is one of those. The Friedrich Rebbe noticed that the local commander started treating the Friedrich Rebbe with respect after he received the orders to free the Rebbe. The Rebbe hoped that after he gets home to Leningrad, maybe the KGB and the Yevsexia will also stop harassing the Friedrich Rebbe. And maybe they're even going to admit that the activities that the Friedrich Rebbe was doing was even legal. The Friedrich Rebbe arrived home in Leningrad on Friday, Tess Zion Tammuz. And indeed, the mood of the Yevsexia did change, but not for the better, for the worse. The Jewish communists were terribly disappointed that their plan, that they worked so hard, failed. And once again, their top enemy was free to continue doing his work. The Yevsexia let it be known that they're going to take matters into their own hands, even before the government could intervene. They threatened the Friedrich Rebbe that it's no longer going to be safe for him to continue living in Leningrad. So, the Rebbe had to move, this time, to Malachovka, a small suburb outside of Moscow. He hoped that the fact that he would leave and was forced to leave because of the Yevsexia would actually satisfy them, and then they could consider it as if they had a victory because they were successful in banishing the Friedrich Rebbe from Leningrad. But unfortunately, that was not the case. The Jewish communists continued with their attacks and it was obvious that they would not stop working tirelessly to capture the Rebbe again. At this point, it was clear that the Rebbe's life appeared to be in danger. And it was obvious that the Rebbe had to leave Russia. Making the, deci the decision to leave Russia is one thing. But receiving visas and permission to move was a lot more difficult. The Russian government refused to give permission for the Rebbe to leave. Once again, the Hasidim turned to other countries to help out and to put pressure on the Soviets. The Jewish community in Germany, as well 
as the Jewish community in Latvia both invited the Rebbe to become the chief rabbi of their country. And they both sent representatives to the Russian government to show them their offer how they want to invite the Rebbe to come and be the rabbi of their country. The Jewish communities of each one of these countries, Germany and Latvia, were both competing for the privilege to have the Rebbe live amongst them. And they both put pressure on the Russian government separately. But despite all their efforts, it was to no avail. The Russian government was not going to let the Rebbe leave Russia. The Chassid Reb Mardchai Dubin was a member of the Latvian government. Since Russia was extremely interested in making a friendship as well as a treaty deal to be able to do business with Latvia, so whenever Mardchai Dubin, who was a representative of the Latvian government, whenever he came to Russia to discuss matters, he was always accepted with a lot of respect. But nevertheless, when he traveled to Russia three times to ask permission for the Lubavitcher Rebbe to become the chief rabbi in Latvia, the Russians declined and said no. Finally, he came up with an idea, a way to trick the Russian government into allowing the Rebbe to leave. The next time Reb Mardchai Dubin went to meet with the Soviet officials, he spoke to them angrily. He said, we Latvians are extremely insulted by the way the Russian government acted. Why? Because after asking again and again permission for the Rebbe to come to Latvia, and you declined our request, now all of a sudden the Russian government gave in to the German group and said yes to them and allowed the Friedrich Rebbe to go to Germany? That's extremely insulting. If you're going to say yes, you have to say yes to us, the Latvians. Aren't you interested in continuing to have a good relationship with us? When I go back to my government and they're going to make a vote, whether or not we're interested in continuing friendly ties with Russia, how could I vote yes that I'm interested after being insulted that you're not allowing the Friedrich Rebbe to come to us and instead you're going over and letting the Friedrich Rebbe go to Germany. Of course, this wasn't really true. The Russians never said yes, not to Latvia and not to Germany. But when they heard this from Reb Mardchai, they didn't assume that he was lying. So they decided that if they're going to be giving permission, and they thought that they already did give permission because they believed Reb Mardchai, so once we're giving permission, might as well Let's give permission to Latvia. So with a heavy heart, they said, fine, we'll let the Friedrich Rebbe move to Latvia, but only if you promise that next time you vote, you're going to vote in favor of Russia. Originally, they only gave permission for the Rebbe himself to leave, but his family and his library of Holy Svarim would have to remain in Russia. They would use that as hostage that if the Rebbe would continue to doing activities which is against Soviet Russia, so then they're going to use them as hostages and take them away. This hopefully would prevent the Friedrich Rebbe from continuing criminal activity in Latvia.
But the committee, on behalf of the Friedrich Rebbe, continued making negotiations, and finally the Russian government agreed that the Rebbe and his family and his library and a few chassidim would be allowed to emigrate to Latvia. Before leaving Russia, the Friedrich Rebbe first went to Rostov, to the oil where his father, the Rebbe Rashab, was buried, to Davin one last time. He also took with him his daughter, Rebbe Tzinchai Mushka, who was with him in Kastrama. She also went to the oil. And it's believed that the Rebbe took her along in order that she could Davin by the oil before her chasana, because at this time she was engaged to the Rebbe. On Thursday, Isru Chag of Sukhais, the Rebbe and his family left Russia. The next day on Friday, they arrived in Riga, which is a city in Latvia. Exactly a year later, on Yud Beis Tammuz, a year after the Friedrich Rebbe's release from jail, he wrote a letter to all of Klal Yisrael. And he said that this is a day for all Yidin to celebrate. Because it wasn't a personal geula, but it was a geula for every Yid. Chassidus explains that Yerida Tzorech Aliyah. Whenever someone goes down, it's in order that afterwards they should be able to go up even higher than they were before. The fact that the Friedrich Rebbe went to jail and there was a gzeira on Chassidus and on the spreading of Yiddishkeit is all in order to show us the importance of Chassidus and Yiddishkeit. And after the Friedrich Rebbe's release, we have the Koyach to spread it even further. The Rebbe asks, why was it necessary for the Friedrich Rebbe to go to jail? Didn't the Alter Rebbe go to jail and the Mittel Rebbe for the very same reason? In order to show that nothing is going to stand in the way of spreading Chassidus? And we must continue to publicize it? So why was it so important for the Friedrich Rebbe as well to go to jail? So the Rebbe explains that the Geula of the Alter Rebbe and the Mittel Rebbe showed us the Hasidus is allowed to be spread and revealed to everybody, not just to special people, Yechidei Segula. But after Yud Beis Tammuz, Hasidus actually began to spread throughout the entire world, to shine every area of the globe, even the farthest, most far-flunged corner of the world. Agut Yamtif.